Hi, I'm Mark Chavez. I'm one of the hosts of Let's Make a, a comedy docuseries podcast about the creative process. Each season, my co-hosts, Ryan Beal, Maddie Kelly, and I, take on an artistic challenge and you follow our journey. In Let's Make a Sci-Fi, we wrote a science fiction TV pilot. In Let's Make a Rom-Com, we wrote a romantic comedy film. And on our latest season, Let's Make a Horror, we produced a horror short film. And when we run into trouble, we interview Hollywood experts. People who have worked on big things like The Blair Witch Project, The Office, Star Wars, Mamma Mia, and more. All three seasons of Let's Make a are available now, wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hey, I'm Tom Power. Welcome to Q. Let's start out with this. If you say she's Today, you're going to hear my conversation with that singer right there, Calgary, Alberta's Tate McRae. But before we get into it, I got a question for you. It's going to seem a little off topic, but how was your weekend last weekend? Do you remember? Did you get up to anything? A kid's birthday party? Tennis match? Did you do a little baking? I think I played I think I played snooker one night, and then I went to my friend's front step and drank exactly two beer with him the other night. Needless to say, in terms of having a good weekend, it's hard to beat what Tate McRae got up to a few weekends ago. Let me explain. Tate McRae is a singer and songwriter. She's from Calgary, Alberta. She has one of the biggest songs in the world right now, a song called Greedy that's kind of inescapable. And in one weekend, she was the musical guest on Saturday Night Live. And then the next night, she performed at the Billboard Music Awards. And then, and I love this, the very next morning... She was back in her childhood bedroom in Calgary, Alberta, on Zoom, talking to the CBC, like talking to me about what that weekend was like. I mean, if that wasn't enough, just minutes before we recorded this interview, we found out that Greedy broke into the Billboard Hot 100 Top 10, so we talk a little bit about that. She's dropping her new album, Think Later, today. She's heading out on a massive world tour. But yeah, as I mentioned, Tate McRae, one of the biggest pop stars in the world, joined me from her parents' home in Calgary, Alberta. Here's our conversation. Hi. <laughs> Hello. I'm so excited to talk to you again. It's been so long. It's been so long. How are you doing? I'm still like processing everything that's happened this weekend. It was just like, everything still feels like just like not real at all. So it's like, doesn't even, has nothing's like hit me yet at all. D- didn't the hot billboard top 10 thing just happen like a couple of hours ago? Yeah, too? like literally like four minutes ago. <laughs> it literally just broke. How do you find that? Did someone call you? Um, no, you just like see it on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So crazy. Like I've just like, just some of my biggest um, dreams of all time that I've like manifested in my journal since I was like eight years old happened in the span of like the last four days. Um, and it just like feels like crazy. How do you feel at this moment right now? Um, I'm I'm still like trying to come down from like the high of it all. Um, like especially something like Saturday Night Live. 
um, I was even in shock that they like asked me. So I think while I was there, I was still processing that they had asked me to be on the show. And now I'm processing the fact that I was actually on the show. Um, and it, yeah, it was like, just like I had, I gave my whole crew like a speech at the end and I just started like crying. I was like, this is insane. Like, I can't believe we're here and I get to be around such amazing people and I'm just happy and just yeah, it feels very surreal. You don't have to get into the specifics. Like, what was the heart of what you said to your crew after a weekend like that? Um, I mean, I'm just very fortunate to be surrounded by really talented and kind people. Um, it's very hard to find, like, a, a, a crew that feels like family. And also, everyone are just, like, really good people. Like, we all have the same morals. We all have the same work ethic. And it's just, like, the vibe of the camp is everything that I've always wanted and looked for in people. Um, and so just to be on stage and to look to your left and right and to be like, this is, I wouldn't want to be on the stage with anyone else. And I wouldn't want to be um, doing this with any other crew. It just, I just feel very fortunate. So take me through it. What happens? They reach out to you and say, Hey, do you want to be the musical guest on Saturday Night Live? Um, yeah. I mean, my, I got a call from my managers and they like, I always know because the three of them are like, urgent FaceTime coming through and they're like, give me a text. I'm like, okay. Like usually it's something like good. And they called and they were like, holy shit, day, like you're going to be on SNL. And I just started crying. It's just very cool. How long ago did you find out? Like literally three weeks ago. Oh. Like this is, it's, it's, it's very, everything that's like happening right now is like very living and breathing and alive because it's all happening as it's coming out. Like I, I had just released a, a single that came out this Friday and we had written it. It was the last song we wrote for the album. We wrote it literally two weeks ago. Um, finished the song in 90 minutes, like recorded it, produced it, everything, submitted it to the label and they were like, next single. And it was just like, everything is happening in real time. And it just feels like SNL and then announced this and then announced the tour and it's very like, as the fans are receiving it, I'm also receiving it too. That makes sense. Are you tired? I can't be tired. How can you be tired when you're like, so much adrenaline is like going through my veins. Okay. I want to talk about the 90 minute song in just a minute, but first, so um, Saturday Night Live is a, a very, one of the last milestones left in an artist's career that we can all sort of qualify as, a, I see you nodding your head, that we can sort yeah. of like qualify as an actual milestone, especially for a young artist as, as yourself. Take me through it. What what does a week look like when you're performing in SNL? So what happened was, on was it Sunday or Monday, we recorded, we did the music video for my single, mm -hmm. literally the Sunday or the Monday, I forgot which day it was. Um, so a 12 hour day. And then we had rehearsals on Monday for Billboard Music Awards. And then Tuesday, I performed at Billboard Music Awards um, and then basically uh, took a red eye that night from LA to New York, went straight to SNL Studios and started doing our first rehearsals. Spent like two, three days in New York. And then Saturday came. We did a few run-throughs of the show. And so, so the rehearsals are not in uh, in at SNL. The rehearsals are in, in like a studio somewhere with your band and with your art, with your dancers and all that kind of stuff. There's a few in a studio and there's a few like at the actual studios. What is the experience like of going to SNL as a, as a musician? Oh, it's the, it's the freakiest thing ever. Like it feels... It just, it's one of those moments when you've been watching something your whole life and you're like, oh, this is like, ev 
everything I've been seeing. Um, just like the the vibe of the energy. I mean, everyone there is just like the nicest, um, funniest people ever. So it's just like you you walk in and the the building is just buzzing. Um, and then I met Jason Momoa, and then we did all those little like first sound cards. We we're like, "Hi, I'm Tate," and did the whole thing for SNL, and it was so freaky. It was crazy. Then you actually have to do it for people who don't know. It's Saturday Night Live, meaning it's Saturday <laughs> Night Live. Live. It's one of the last truly live things on on television in in this era. You're standing yeah. on stage. Um, the first couple of sketches are done. The lights are dark. I can see you smiling. The lights are dark. They're about to go up. Jason Momoa is about to say, ladies and gentlemen, Tate McRae. Ladies and gentlemen, Tate McRae. How are you, how are you feeling in that moment? Um, well, it, it's like complete chaos backstage, right? It's Really? It's like most insane energy because these skits are happening also in real time with the audience. So they're all reacting and it's a very reactive process, just seeing how things bounce and if they work, don't work, whatever. And so backstage is crazy. My dressing room is a little more like Zen. I'm trying to like keep it cool. Um, my mom and dad are like gonna puke. They're so nervous. Are they there? Did they go with you? My my parents came oh, come on. and they were sitting there like would not move out of their couch because they're they're like super superstitious. They're like, we have to sit in the same position that you had in dress rehearsal and they're like so nervous. I was just like, let's just kill it. Let's just have fun. And um, then I kind of just like, yeah, they're just like, Tate, come now. You have 30 seconds. And you like run. And it like you never really know when you're going to go on. And you get on stage and yeah, it just like happens. So, so, they, fast. so they say, ladies and gentlemen, Tate McCray, the lights turn on and you're you're live. Uh-huh. Are you are do you have the presence of mind while you're performing to know, hey, I'm live right now, millions of people are watching me? Or are you just sort of like in a flow state where you're just like, I know, I know how to do this thing that I'm doing? Um, I felt like Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I think I mean, obviously I was like so nervous. Um I mean your debut performance like on SNL is just a very big one in your career. Um, and I've also only been singing for however, like doing performances for how many years. So of course I was like, Oh God, let's like do this. Um, but then I got to, I did greedy and I was really nervous and I was like, Oh, like I just want to give it my all and whatever. And then I got to grave and I was just standing there and I'm like, I could either be so nervous right now and like do this, or I can just take this in and really tell this story of this song that I wrote and I really believe in. Um, and that's how I felt. Like I, I felt like I was going to cry on stage because I'm like, like I'm performing a song that I wrote myself um, about a really personal situation and now like performing it on my dream television show. Like there's no chance I'm going to let this moment kind of slip away from me and um, take, they have nerves overtake that. One chance, two chances, three think I got too much sympathy. Yeah, I hope my grudges like I held you. How does me trying to fix it turn into I'll just forgive it? One chance, two chances, we lost on you. You can only dig the grave so deep before you start. Take me down with you, with you, with you. It's a be- beautiful thing. And then, and then it's over and you're, okay, we did it. Yeah. 
and everyone was just like, it was it was almost everyone's first SNL, so everyone was freaking out at the same time. Did you get to go to the after party, or did you have to fly right, right out afterwards? We went to the after party, and it was the whole like cast, crew, everyone. It was so fun. Did you get to tell Lauren that you're Canadian? I did, actually. Um, I got to meet him, and um, it was the coolest thing ever. I remember like he like knocked on my door to like say hello, and everyone in the room, my dad was just like, like we just all just like froze. We're like, no. We just met him. (laughs) And two Canadians. I mean, that's pretty exciting. Yeah, it was cool. Okay, so let me let me play the song that um, you can't escape right now. It's funny, you know, I I, I interviewed you, what, like an hour, maybe a a year ago, year and a half ago. um, And then I ran into you at the Junos and we had a great, great hang there. Um, But and I knew it was going to get really big because it had already gotten really big. But I was not prepared for this this what has happened was what has happened with this song just take a listen to this it's tay mccray from calgary alberta and a song called greedy from her brand new album think later Tell me about that song. Where, where, um, what's that song about? Where did it come from? Um, well, for so long, I have found it impossible to mesh my dancing and my singing. Um, and I was just like, there's there are two different entities of me. Like, I'm a songwriter at like deep down inside, and this is my therapy. But then I'm also like, I'm a dancer, and I just had no idea how to put those two worlds together. So I was like really going to the studio every day being like, I want to write a song that I can dance to. Um, and I remember I did a week with Ryan Tedder, Amy Allen and Jasper Harris, and we had been doing all these songs and the last day we're like, okay, let's do something totally different. Like just see what we can do in a really short amount of time. Um, and just kind of just like no given. And, um, so then we just like, we started like going back to like old 2000 references, like, um, Nelly Furtado and like old like Britney songs and yeah just, maybe like, promiscuous Nelly Furtado I can kind of hear that a little bit how you doing young lady the feeling that you're giving really drives me crazy you don't have a play about the choke I was at a loaf of word first time that we spoke you're looking for a girl that'll treat you yeah and so we were like listening to old like Timbaland stuff and um then Ryan was like oh this is so fun like I haven't done this in so long so he starts making this beat and we started just like playing around with the story. We're like rapping in the back, like throwing out ideas, painting this like picture of just like a guy coming up to you at a bar. And um, it was so fun. Like we made it so quick. And um, then I remember Ryan for like a year, not a year, like multiple months, like would try to convince me to release this song. And I was like, Ryan, this is like the scariest song ever. Like it's so different for me. Like, I was just like scared of it. Like it just really terrified me. And he was like, Hey, you have to give it a chance. Um, And then finally I like came around to it. Like me and my best friend were sitting in my car and he was like, this song is so good, Tate. Like you have to put it out. And so whatever, I put it out on TikTok and stuff. And um, then, yeah, kind of just like started a whirlwind, like super fast. It was very bizarre. What does that look like? Like um, when did you start to know that this thing was, was starting to take off? Um, I think you, you never really know, like when you first like put something out. Um, but I knew it cause I premiered it in Philly, like the night before it got released. And 
that was like the loudest crowd I've ever experienced. And it was like a, a brand new song that no one knew. And like the first like, dun, 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 like came on and just like, I remember getting the feeling that we all looked at each other and we're like, this is crazy. Like we've never heard a crowd this loud. Like they liked it without ever having heard it before. They just like, they yeah. like, they just, oh wow, that's powerful. It was like a very, and they like heard like there's the little section that I like put out there and knew every single word. And I was just like, this is crazy. And the energy was just like wild. And then we released it the next day. And yeah, it was, I feel like that's when I kind of was like, oh, this could be something. Um, as a songwriter, I had this conversation with um, Young Gravy not that long ago. Um, I had that conver- I had this conversation with, man, what's that guy's name? This big, um, a realist K. And we talked okay. a lot about like getting a lot of success on on TikTok, and mm-hmm. whether you feel as a songwriter a compulsion or something bringing you towards wanting to write something that works on on TikTok, like trying to write the perfect fifteen seconds or trying to write the perfect forty five seconds, versus yeah. trying to write a, a completed kind of piece piece of art. You to me yeah. are, are someone who's really good at balancing the modern world of, of, of what the music business demands of you now and, and art and craft. Yeah. How are you with, with that thing? Um, do you know what I mean? If I'm being super honest, I feel like whenever someone walks into a room, like a songwriter and they're like, we need to make something that's going to catch on TikTok," It like fully kills it for me. I'm just like, I think that is the death of art. If we are basing a song off of, a 15 second clip. I just don't think that's real music. Like I'm like, I'm not listening to a 15 second clip to feel music the way that I want to feel music. Um, So that's why I will never, ever, ever start something basing it off of one section. I will always write from um, how a song makes me feel in the room, the full song um, start to finish. I don't care if there's not a 15 second. It's like, if it doesn't feel like a full song to me, it's worthless to me. Um, I think on TikTok, I feel like I've just been doing the same thing since I was like 13. Like I used to write original songs in my bedroom and put lyrics on a screen and then put it out there on YouTube. So it feels like I'm kind of just like doing the same thing that I did when I was 13 in a sense of just like showing, but just in like a smaller section, just, but mostly for me, it's like read these lyrics and realize what I'm saying. Um, If it was a song with like throwaway lyrics, I don't think, anyone would really care um, that much. I, I wouldn't care at least. And I really think that it, when people start talking and strategizing about music like that, it, it does kill it for me. And I, I'm not, a, I'm not the biggest fan, I will say, even though I'm like very on TikTok and, and I love it and I think it's amazing, but in the creation process, you can't, can't think about that. Tate, you know, you have, you have no idea how happy that makes me for a bunch of reasons. One is because I think that um, sometimes older generations, as they try to understand TikTok and, t- and music that blows up on TikTok, will sometimes make assumptions about the way that it's created. That happened when Justin Bieber put out Yummy. People started like speculating and like, oh, this chorus was meant for blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. The, the other thing that, um, the other reason I love what you told me is that I have no doubt that you've seen it. I have no doubt that when someone is sort of like formative for a medium's explosion as a like a music discovery service the way that you have, like 
your your career and your story is in some ways the story of TikTok as being a place that artists can come from, you know, that true yeah. that artists can come from. I have yeah. no doubt that people have come to you with money in their pockets going like, we figured it out. I mean, I bet I know how to do it. I know how to do it. Yeah. We'll give you it. We got 14 seconds and we're going to give it to you right now. See, you know, like yeah. I and, and the fact that you resisted that and you, you resist that is, is meaningful to me. Yeah. And I also think also. People assume because I'm like a little, um, I mean, I'm a part of Gen Z, like, and I am very in that world. Um, people assume that when I'm in a session that I'm just like going to be thinking about that in lyrics and like, oh, what's going to, oh, that's really going to hurt people. And I'm like, like, why are you thinking about it like that? Because I'm just like, if it doesn't do anything to you, it's going to do nothing to them. Why are we thinking about them before us when we're in the room? Um it will always, always come from if it affects my heart before how I think about people perceiving it. Um, and and that's also like I've been reading so many books about um, uh, just creativity recently. And I'm just like, if you ever judge something before it's finished, like there's no chance. You don't even you're not even giving it a chance to be good. Um, and that's in good ways and bad ways. Um and so I'm just like, yeah, I, the whole that whole thing is like very sticky for me because I think as a songwriter, it's very therapeutic and it, it bugs me a little bit when it's driven from that kind of perspective. I love that so much. I, I can't stop thinking about that because as someone who was born in the late 80s, who's kind of new to TikTok, I can, you know, I think a lot of us can be kind of eye-rolly. It's nice to hear that people who are having huge success on that platform are still thinking about art, are still thinking about sentiment, are still thinking about music. That's Tate McRae talking about the wildest weekend of her life from her childhood bedroom in Calgary, Alberta. If you're wondering what this big hit, this big life-changing hit sounds like, I gotcha. This is Tate McRae and Greedy on Q. I'm Tom Power. You're listening to Q. More of my conversation with Tate McRae coming up. Think of your favorite one-hit wonder. Or that overpriced toy your parents would never let you have. Or that TV show that no one else remembers because it was canceled way too soon. Now what if we could fix it? I'm Francesca Ramsey. And I'm DeLon Grant. And after 20 years of friendship, we are now hosting a new nostalgia podcast called Let Me Fix It. Each episode, we'll dig into our favorite celebrities, shows, and brands of yesteryear, and then imagine what it would take to repackage them for relevance today. Think of our show as an intervention, but with way less stakes. So subscribe to Let Me Fix It wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Yeah, you could say you miss all that we had, but I don't really care I'm Tom Power. You're listening to Q. You're in the middle of my conversation with the Canadian pop star Tate McRae. That's her breakout hit from a few years back called You Broke Me First. I caught up with Tate right after one of the biggest weekends I think anyone has ever had. She played Saturday Night Live and then the next day played the Billboard Music Awards. 
Tate's life is a bit of a whirlwind right now. She's maybe the biggest pop star in the world right now. Um, she also is one of the more emulated pop stars in the world. Tate McRae voice is a trending topic often on TikTok. She's Canadian, by the way. She's from Calgary. And if you're the kind of person, and I get it, who might roll their eyes a little bit at, at pop music and say, oh, you know, it's, it's prefabricated. It's not art. You know that Tate is a songwriter as well. A great one and a, a strangely efficient one. Like Tate wrote her song X's um, in the time it takes to watch like, I don't know, I've probably watched three episodes of Seinfeld. Tate will explain what I mean there. Tell me a little bit about that song. Um, okay, so yeah, this was the Hail Mary of the album where me and Tedder were uh, writing the track list. I should point out for people who don't know, Ryan Tedder, um, one of the best producers and most successful producers and songwriters, Beyonce, Paul McCartney, Adele, Taylor, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Taylor. No, Shepard. he's Ryan Tedder. I can give him so many praise. He's unbelievable and he executive produced what was the name of his band what was the name of that remember oh one republic one republic good song good good big big hits yeah i saw them at the junos one time anyway okay so what do you mean hail mary pass so me and so the label had basically given us this deadline and it was like a week and a half after i finished my tour and my album got i will be honest i got pushed got pulled back way earlier like i was supposed to release this album way later and um so they were basically like you need to finish this in a week and a half um, so me and Tedder, I get off tour and literally fly straight guy, like get off the plane, go to the studio. I bring out my huge whiteboard and I'm like, let's get to work. Like we have literally a week to finish this album. Um, and so we're writing like the track list. We're like finishing it up and labels like don't do anything else today because, um, you literally just need to finish this album. And so Ryan was like, okay, last thing, let's just go into the next door room and just like try something for 30 minutes. And, um, so we like go in, I'm like, God, like I don't have anything else to write about. And so we're just like playing this loop. And then all of a sudden he starts singing kisses to my kisses to my, and I was like, okay. And then we just like, literally I started writing. I'm like, you know what I haven't talked about? I haven't talked about, um, the feeling of like, uh, how I can like destroy a relationship. Just like, it's like self-sabotage sometimes because of being on tour and focusing on my career and whatever, just my, whatever I do in a relationship. And so the, 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 the like, lifestyle that you have as a, as a, that, that is required of you as an artist right now is not one that's conducive to having an easy, a comfortable no, relationship with somebody. Not at all. And I know that I know that I am not the greatest at communication. I know that I'm the, not the greatest at very specific very aware. Um, so we just like start writing this song and I'm just like listing off all these things that I'm like really bad at in a relationship. And, um, it, I don't, I don't even know what happened. It felt like it kind of just like God kind of came into the room and just said, here's a song. And, um, yeah, we wrote it so quick. How long start to finish? So we wrote the song in 30 minutes, recorded it and finished it in like 60 to 90 and it was like f- literally fully done so like in two hours you went from nothing to the uh, a really big song to a, f- a full song like completely finished completely vocal produced ad libs everything that's there's something to that Tane. it honestly it it and that's why i think like i love the fact that this song wasn't really thought out because it's just a very fun song and i'm just like and there was an idea that came into the room 
and we took it and we ran with it and just said, let's just make whatever we want with no pressure and no judgment. And um, yeah, and then it came to fruition. Well, it's it's been really uh, amazing to see uh, what's been going on for you over even just the past couple of months. 330 million streams of Greedy since September 15th. Crazy. Since September 15th. What? Yeah. yeah, no, I don't know. Everything feels very crazy. I just, I keep waking up and being like, this is not real. Like, yeah, it just feels very wild. It is real and you, and you deserve it. It's lovely, lovely to talk to you as always. Thanks so much for making the time. Thank you so much for taking the time. I was so excited when they said I got to do an interview with you. Oh, come on. You're so you're so nice. No, I literally, yeah, you're one of my favorite interviewers, so I was pumped. Get out of here. Get out of here. You're, you're very, very nice. You're very, it's very Canadian. So many, people, so many people agree on that. I've talked to so many people, and they're like, Tom Powers is one of the best. Get out of here. True. Did my aunt tell you to tell you tell me that? You're talking yeah. to my aunt? Is that what it is? Yeah. Um, yeah, I am. You're talking to my Aunt Patsy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Tate McRae is from Calgary, Alberta. Her new album, Think Later, is out everywhere on December 8th. Oh, I'm sorry, sorry that you love me. Change my mind up like a sorry Tate McRae. It's you know it's an interesting thing when I when I started uh, on the show. I'm not sure how I I'm not sure how to put this, but like I was aware that like by doing this show you would meet people sort of early in their career and you and then you would meet them alongside their career as things got got bigger for them. I'm really seeing that happen with Tate McRae. I remember speaking to Tate McRae when she was just kind of blowing up on TikTok and I was asking her questions about TikTok and she was talking to me about ambition. And so it's really interesting to have her come back to the show again and again and just watching how things get bigger for her. I'm really grateful that uh, she she sat down for that conversation. Um, before we get going, I want to acknowledge that I get to work here with the best team in radio and podcasting. Um, Q is produced by Ben Edwards, Vanessa Greco, Lise Hossein, Vanessa Nigro, Corey Nijowin, Glory Omateo, Mitch Pollock, and Catherine Stockhausen. Our digital team is Amelia Ekbal, Shuli Grossman-Gray, and Vivian Rashad. Our podcast producer is Caitlin Swan. Our director is Matt or Matthew Murphy. Our engineer is Sam Hashemi. Our senior producer is Beza Seifa. And Anne McKeegan is our executive producer. Really incredible team. And a lot of hard work, more hard work than you could ever imagine, goes in to making uh, this show possible and making me sound like I half know what I'm talking about. If you're not already subscribed to our podcast, please do so. We'll see you soon. Later on. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.